0: Good morning, and welcome to worship at Church of the Palms, Presbyterian Church, on this uh, final Sunday of 2012. I'm Pastor Phil Bliss. This is the last time that I will face you before the camera uh, because for two reasons. One, uh, our uh, services will be reduced to one hour. We'll be... Uh, worshiping from 9 to 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings and this will give us time between our services to hold uh, spiritual uh, formation classes for all ages of our church and this means a change in our TV format. The second reason that I will no longer be sitting here is that I'm retiring and this is my final day of formal ministry here at Church of the Palms. However, my wife and I will continue to worship here with you. This morning I am preaching from Ephesians chapter one on the subject, how are you facing the new year? Next uh, Sunday morning, the Westminster College Choir will be uh, with us and they will be singing in both services and they will hold a concert at 2 o'clock in the afternoon next Sunday. Pastor uh, Mingy Brown, our pastor of Congregational Care, will be installed into her ministry here with us on Sunday the 13th at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And finally, on behalf of uh, Dr. McConnell and our staff, I wish you all a very blessed and happy new year.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. My name is Marilyn Cowan, and I serve as an elder here in our congregation. We begin our service with the opening prayer printed on the cover of your bulletin. Now let us bow our heads as we prepare for worship. Height and breadth, length and depth, the whole universe proclaims your glory, faithful God. Your wisdom fills the universe with possibilities we have not tapped. Your word comes to us filled with riches we have not mined. Within ourselves is the potential for greatness as yet unrealized. Comfort us here with your eternal claim on us that we may become the kind, compassionate, and patient people you intend for us to be. Amen. Now, now as our service continues with reverence, let us prepare our hearts and minds as we listen to the prelude.
2: We are here on the last Sunday of this year looking forward to 2013. A new year can mean the continuation of the blessings we have experienced or a desire for a fresh start. We may be making promises or resolutions for this next year. We want to succeed, but maybe we will fail. But whatever comes in 2013, one thing will not change, God who always makes good on his word. Join with me in worshiping the steadfast God. You may be seated. (coughs) Friends, our high priest, Jesus Christ, knows all of our weaknesses and can sympathize because he was tested in every way that we were, only without sinning. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace and pray the prayer of confession where we can find mercy and grace to help when we need it most. Shall we pray? Heavenly parent, we have wandered away to pursue our own agenda. We have laid aside your expectation that we will forbear one another and forgive. We harbor grudges against people. There are some we neglect. And some we disdain we have viewed them neither as your beloved nor as our sisters and brothers the peace of Christ does not rule in our hearts your truth is not what flows from our lips or finds expression in our actions O oh God turn us around that we may do may be a genuine expression of your love through Jesus Christ We have this assurance from the scripture. In Christ, God has anointed us, set his seal of ownership upon us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, a guarantee of what is to come. So friends, uh, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Let's repeat together that wonderful affirmation of faith called the Apostles' Creed. take this moment to greet one another.
3: We welcome you on this balmy day (laughs) here in Sarasota. Yes, feeling like Christmas, isn't it out there, huh? Well, we're glad you're with us and we hope that you will find warmth in this place, warmth of the spirit, warmth of the presence of Jesus Christ in our midst. We hope that you will also uh, take the time to fill out the friendship pads in the pews and pass those along as we wonder together about who might be sitting next to us and maybe, You would uh, take that as an occasion to reach out by welcome people by name uh, and uh, invite them to a very quick and warm cup of coffee underneath the tree after the service we uh, have great things going on here on this the last Sunday of the year we look of course ahead to 2013 and we begin 2013 with a bang You'll remember that uh, next Sunday we start our new uh, Sunday morning schedule, which means our 9.15 worship begins 15 minutes earlier at 9 o'clock. So remember that. Set your clocks ahead. Um, 15 minutes so that you can join us at 9 o'clock so that we can begin our fellowship time at 10 o'clock and 1015 we'll have our equipping time. You'll see uh, some advanced notice of classes that will begin at 1015 uh, next Sunday uh, and the rooms and such. So uh, take note of that, but uh, make sure you uh, schedule your Sunday such that you can be a part of those opportunities to uh, learn more about your own discipleship and how it is that you can continue to grow, which is the whole purpose behind our uh, changing our Sunday morning schedule. So we hope that you will join us For that also next Sunday we will have the Westminster College choir here and they will be leading us not only in worship on Sunday morning in both of our services but also uh, that afternoon at 2 o'clock they will have a concert here in the sanctuary you won't want to miss that it's a beautiful choir and uh, you uh, we are grateful for those of you who have chosen to house our uh, these uh, college students in your homes for those two nights and we know that you will have a great time doing that as well Looking ahead, uh, in a couple of weeks on the 13th of January, our very own Mingy Brown, Dr. Mingy Brown, our our newest associate pastor, will be officially installed here in the sanctuary at 3 o'clock on Sunday, January 13th. So you might want to put that on your calendar and join us for that. A great time of celebration as we welcome uh, Mingy officially into our ministry here at church of the palms and we celebrate today jenny collis and esther wilson who both turn 90 on new year's day that's great i'll tell you wow yay and then lastly we want to uh let you know that this is pastor phil's last official Sunday with us. Uh, Phil is preaching, of course, this morning uh, and is uh, it is his last Sunday up there. He kind of makes his move from there to there uh, next Sunday. He and Marguerite, of course, are not leaving our congregation but Phil is officially retiring at the end of uh, this year. And uh, Phil's been with us for nine years and many of you have received his great pastoral care over the course of these nine years and um, we are just so blessed That he and Marguerite have been a part of our church family for so long and you have touched our lives brother Phil in more ways than one can count and we thank you we bless you in your ministry we're gonna take some time once we get all of our folks back uh, in the winter season to celebrate uh, Phil's ministry at the beginning of February so take uh, note of that we'll send you a letter out this week so you you'll understand exactly how we're going to be doing that and how you can participate but we do want to take note of the fact that this is Phil's last Sunday. Would you say thank you with your applause? I'd like to invite the children to come forward for the children's moment.
4: Hello again, good morning. So I want to tell you, while the kids are coming down, we were going to be outside today, but rather, we are moving into 205-207, so when you pick your kids up, come up there, and we'll all be together having some fun. So so glad you guys can have a seat. You can have a seat right here, right there. Excellent. Good job. Good morning. Oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you guys are here. Here we are, December 30th, and it's really cold, and yet you're all here. Thank you. It's so great. So look who I brought today. Who is this? It is the Grinch. That's right. Did the Grinch like Christmas? No. No, the Grinch did not. How about. He steals things. He what? He steals things. That's right. Do you know that the Grinch, the whole book, was written by Dr. Seuss in 1957? Some of your parents weren't even alive in 1957, <laughs> right? Well, listen to this. I love how it starts. Every who down in Whoville likes Christmas a lot, but the Grinch who lived just north of Whoville did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Now please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. It could be perhaps his shoes were too tight. But I think the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. But he couldn't steal Christmas from the Whovilles, from the Who's, what did he try to steal? What did he take? He stole, he stole the presents. What else did he take? The wreaths. The wreaths. Anything else? Yeah. The Christmas tree? The Christmas tree. Yes. The, gift. the gifts? Yes. Hello. Good morning. What else? Did he steal anything else? I'm trying to think. Oh, I was thinking of something. My goodness. We have some Grinch experts right in the front row. Franklin, what else did he take? The lights. He took the lights. Yes the star. He took just about everything, the ornaments ornaments and even the food. But do you know what? He couldn't take Christmas because the who's knew that the joy of Christmas was the love in their heart. And we know that this is just a make-believe story, but guess what? There is a real Grinch in our Bible, and you know who it is? King Herod. He tried to steal Christmas, but you know how he tried to steal Christmas? He wanted to kill the baby Jesus, but he couldn't because the wise men who came to visit him to go worship baby Jesus, they're like, they were told in a dream to go another way. They went another way, and you know what else? Joseph had a dream, and the angel came to him, and he said, take Mary and baby Jesus and go to Egypt so that King Herod can't get you. Well, guess what? There are Grinches that even try to steal our Christmas. But you know what? If it's all about our heart, and your your heart's a muscle, right? If you have a muscle and you want it to grow stronger, what do you do? What do you have to do for your muscles? Yeah. What do you do? That's right. You have to exercise. So if we're going to exercise our heart, you know what we have to do? Practice love. Practice kindness. And then we have this Christmas, this love of Christ with us not just at Christmas, but all year long. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending Jesus to come to earth, to live among us, to teach us how to love and how to live. And we just pray that you help each one of us be loving and kind so that we have that love of Christmas all year long. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
5: Seems like we can't ride. Look how we treat.
3: Let us pray gracious God in this fifth day after Christmas we are mindful of that first family and what they might have been doing that fifth day after the birth of Jesus the baby still wrapped in swaddling claws held close to his mother's breast Joseph seeking shelter for his family with friends or new acquaintances. Mary worried about where they will settle down and will her child have what he needs. The reality of a new child is upon the Holy family. Yet we have returned to business as usual. We like the shepherds have returned to our fields to watch over our sheep. But the Holy Family, they deal with the Messiah every moment of every day. Even now, King Herod is growing more threatened over the possibility that a rival to his throne has been born inside his kingdom. So the story is not over, is it, O Lord? We would like it to be, we would like Christmas to be over, to close the book on Christmas, to get on with the rest of the Days ahead, but Christmas will not be closed. The Messiah is in the world and we are called to deal with it. Oh Lord, help us not to close the book on Christmas. Permit us to include our own pages of how we, like Mary, embrace the child and seek to give him a home. Give us the grace to make room for his presence in our lives. Let him be somewhat disruptive of our routines, demanding even of our resources. Help us to make necessary adjustments. Help us even to hear the prophet John of the wilderness say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Give us the grace to repent, to turn around, to receive the baby Jesus into our hearts. Make us not afraid to change for the goodness and truth of the gospel. We pray for the world. We might wonder what difference this birth should make when the world seems to struggle on with its problems. And yet we know what your answer would be that the world will be different only if we become different. The world will have peace only if we have peace and bring that peace. The world will know joy only if we have found joy in the child born in Bethlehem. Many people in this season are on our hearts, O Lord, people who are ill, people who are grieving, people who are gone. And so in the silence of these moments, we lift these people to you. Hear these prayers, O God, and so fill us with your Holy Spirit that there might be a difference made in the hearts of your children and in the hearts of those who yearn to know the peace and joy of the Holy Child, the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever, amen. Let us now continue our worship through the presentation of our tithes and gifts and offerings. let us pray oh come let us adore him we adore you o oh lord with these gifts and pray that they may be used for the purpose of your of your kingdom that they may become seed through which your spirit will allow your grace to grow throughout the world that the world may know that you so love the world that you sent your only son even in the child of bethlehem for we pray this in his name amen
0: Be seated if there's anything I've learned in these 83 years of life it's that life is full of change and it's time for another change this old robe that I'm wearing has been hanging around with me for 50 years and four months <laughs> and it's tired It wants to get hung up, and it's going to be, but I won't guarantee that it'll stay there in the closet. God has surprised me so many times throughout these many years, and who knows what the year will bring about as we come into the new year and face new opportunities and new challenges. But I am so grateful to him for the years that he has given me of ministry among you and other places as well let us hear the word of god this morning as the apostle paul gives it to us in his letter to the ephesians i'm going to start with the first verse his salutation paul an apostle of jesus christ by the will of god to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy And blameless before him in love he destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved at verse 15 you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power, the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power, The fullness of who fills all in all this is the word of the Lord thanks be to God let us pray Lord we thank you for your word that is rich and powerful that reveals to us the immeasurable uh, realm of your love and of your grace pray that you would bless your word to us this morning and give us a challenge in facing the new year. We ask it in Christ's name, amen. At the beginning of a new year, a high school principal decided to post New Year's resolutions on the bulletin board, resolutions that his teachers had written down. And as the teachers gathered around the bulletin board, a great commotion started. One of the teachers was complaining. Why weren't my resolutions posted? Well, she was throwing such a tantrum that the principal hurried to his office to see if he had overlooked her list. And sure enough, he had mislaid it on his desk. As he read her resolutions, he was astounded. This teacher's first uh, resolution was not to let little things uh, upset her in the new year. (laughs) Well, I don't know about you and your New Year's resolutions, but I do know something that is more important than the resolutions that you might uh, have in your mind. The question is, how do you face the new year? How do you face this new year approaching? Is it one that you uh, uh, near with anxiety or with anticipation? Do you face the new year with anxiety or anticipation? I read a story about archaeologist Howard Carter. In 1922, Carter was uh, completing nearly 15 years of digging in the famous Valley of the Kings in Egypt. He was hoping to find the royal tomb of Pharaoh Tutankhamun, And having found nothing after many days of digging, his time was coming to the end, his money was running out. And then workers discovered 16 stairs leading down into the earth. Thousands of baskets were filled with rocks and sand that had to be carried away But eventually, a door was found at the end of a long passage, and Carter drilled a hole through the wall, and uh, he uh, put a candle through that hole. And uh, when his eyes got used to the dim light in there, uh, uh, details of that tomb came out to his eyes and he saw strange animals and statues and everywhere the glint of gold. He wrote of that moment, for the moment I was struck dumb with amazement. And a partner with him asked, can you see anything? And Carter's reply was, yes, wonderful things. As we poke holes into the year 2013, let us look with anticipation at what we might see. The Apostle Paul gives us some reasons why we can look forward with anticipation instead of anxiety. First of all, he says that we are blessed. We are blessed. He says in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ. He has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Is there anyone who does not feel blessed? There was a king who had two servants. And to the first one, he said, I want you to travel throughout my realm for six months and bring back a sample of every weed that you can find. And to the second servant, he said, I want you to travel through my kingdom for six months, and I want you to uh, bring back a sample of every flower that you can find. The first servant came back, After those six months, both servants came back before the king. And to the first servant, the king asked him, Have you carried out my commandment? And the first servant answered, I have. And I was amazed to find that there were so many weeds in your kingdom. In fact, there is nothing but weeds in your kingdom. To the king's question, to the second servant, He said, yes, I have traveled through the kingdom, and I'm amazed at how many beautiful flowers there are. In fact, there is nothing but beautiful flowers throughout your kingdom. Both these servants found what they were looking for, and so do we. Are there no blessings in your life? Do you have no one who loves you? Is there no beauty outside your window? Is there no strength in your body? Is there no mind to guide you to new pleasures and opportunities? Is there no faith to bear you up when circumstances weigh you down? Are you really without resources for making 2013 a wonderful year? The old hymn says, count your blessings, name them one by one. Some years ago, there was a story in a leadership magazine about an old man who came to the back door of a house that some college students were renting. And the uh, the old man's eyes were glassy and his furrowed face glistened with silver stubble. He clutched a wicker basket in his hand, holding a few unappealing-looking vegetables. He greeted the students and offered them his produce for sale. They were uneasy. Uh, They made a quick purchase in order to alleviate both their pity and their fear. To their chagrin, he returned the next week. And uh, he introduced himself as Mr. Roth, the man who lived down the street in the old shack. As their fears lessened, they got close enough to realize that it wasn't alcohol that glazed his eyes, but cataracts that marbleized his eyes. On later visits, he would shuffle in, wearing uh, uh, some mismatched right shoes, and he would pull out a, harmonica, and he would start playing. With glazed eyes he, uh, that are set on a future hope and glory, he would puff out old gospel tunes between conversations about vegetables and faith. On one visit, he exclaimed, the Lord is so good I came out of my shack this morning, and there was a big bag of shoes and clothing on my porch. Why, that's wonderful, Mr. Roth, the students answered. We're so happy for you. Well, he said, you know what's even more wonderful? Just yesterday, I met some people that could really use those. Count your blessings. We are blessed and God says that we are chosen. He says in, verse, chapter, in uh, uh, verse four of chapter one, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. I have told this story before to our staff when we met for uh, worship, which we do once a month, and I'm sorry that you're gonna hear this again, uh, but most of you haven't. As a little boy growing up in a small Connecticut town, we walked to our grammar school, Kibby Fuller School. Every school day we walked past the house, about three houses up from where we, my brother, uh, myself and my brothers and sisters, uh, walked past the house that belonged to Mr. Jennings, And quite often, Mr. Jennings was out in the yard taking care of things around the house. And uh, when I saw him, I would yell a greeting. One day, I got a card in the mail. Well, as a boy of 13 or 14 years of age, I didn't get mail. So that was a big deal for me, to get this card in the mail. And the card said this from Mr. Jennings. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. You are chosen, signed Mr. Jennings. As a child of 13 or 14, I had absolutely no inkling what that meant to me, what he was talking about. Well, a couple of, a few years later, 10 or 12 years later, I did commit my life to Jesus Christ. And a couple, of later, a couple of years beyond that, I followed God's call to Christian ministry, and I was or, or, ordained, me in my robe, ordained to ministry in, on October 11, 1961, 50 years ago last October. Fast forward to a year, maybe two years ago, the staff was meeting for worship. Is our usual thing to do, and the worship leader had prepared a particular format for worship, where he had prepared a pile of stones, little stones with a word printed, a different word printed on each stone, and we were to take one of those stones, read the, read that word, and meditate on what that meant to us. The stone I selected had the word chosen. Uh, Imagine what confirmation that was to me uh, of God's call on my life to Christian ministry after those years. Well, you and I have both been chosen. Can you get your mind around that powerful statement that we are chosen? But that's what the Word tells us. Can you remember the agony of not being chosen? Is there anybody who was the last one to be chosen on a uh, young person's uh, baseball team? Anybody here that didn't make it to the cheerleading squad? Anybody sit on the bench while someone else got the glory? Well, this time you and I are not left out. We have been chosen. Some years ago, a California aerospace company hired a motivational consultant to examine and stimulate its workforce. The consultant interviewed one of the senior vice presidents uh, who told him about a particular section in that company where production and performance were extremely high. Turnover and absenteeism in this department were the lowest in the company. Morale was very high. And what seemed to puzzle the executive was that the work done in this, per, uh, this uh, section was mechanical and rep- repetitious. This group of employees maintained the pipes in the plant. Their job was te- uh, checking temperatures and pressures. The delicacy of the equipment meant that the pipes had to work within strict tolerances, or there would be expensive damage done. Why was the morale so high? The consultant visited the uh, department of this company, and the foreman took him on a tour. The consultant noticed that all of the workers were wearing green surgical smocks. He asked the foreman about this. Why were they wearing these smocks? And the foreman explained that that he got these smocks from his son, who was a cardiovascular surgeon. And the consultant asked why they were wearing surgical smocks. And the foreman said, because we are surgeons. Just like my uh, son who takes care of the pipes of the body, so we take care of the pipes in this plant. The plant is not going to have any breakdowns as long as we're working on its arteries. The consultant even noticed that the stencils on their locker doors read Dr. So-and-so. What was happening here? The workers in that maintenance department believed that their work was important, just like the doctor's work is important. They felt privileged to do what they were doing. They felt chosen. It makes a difference in anybody's life if they feel chosen. Both our children are adopted, and they're special children. Because we chose them. Dr. Ruth Barbie, a well-known family relations expert, once said that about 90% of so-called naughtiness in small children is simply their way of getting attention. When they cannot get the attention they want, then they do something guaranteed to drive their parents up the wall. A writer in Catholic Digest tells of putting her son to bed for the umpteenth time, and her patience was worn thin. When she heard the boy cry out, Mama, she yelled to him, if you call me Mama once more, you're going to get a spanking. There was quiet for a moment, and then just as she sat down, she heard a small whisper Mrs. Green, may I have a drink? <laughs> was her son really calling for water? Or was it, the, was it the attention of the parent? And every parent knows the answer. Criminologists say that many crimes, especially sensational ones, are performed by people who never had satisfied their craving for being noticed. And I wonder how many of these uh, uh, things that have happened lately might be because of this. The criminal goes out and does something spectacular, which will make front page headlines And therefore says to himself now I guess the world will stand up and notice me everyone in this world has a need to feel like he or she counts and so it is with joy that we hear the words of Scripture we are chosen and finally st. Paul says in verse 5 He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. He destined or predestined us to be adopted as his sons. Now we could trip all over that word predestined. D.L. Moody tried to resolve the conflict between Paul's writings on predestination and human freedom like this. He said, I come to the door of salvation and I see written on it, whosoever will may come. And then I enter the door and I look over the door and, I, and it says, chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. Abraham Lincoln once pointed out It's difficult to make a man miserable while he feels he is worthy of himself and claims kindred to the great God who made us. As we look into this new year, why shouldn't we see great and wonderful things? We've been blessed, we've been chosen, and we've been destined to be children of the Most High God.
6: from the sanctuary of church of the palms in sarasota florida usa you're watching another live telecast of our nine o'clock worship service these broadcasts are brought to you each week on channel one eighty nine of comcast cable locally and of course it's also streamed around the world on the internet via live streaming we're located at thirty two twenty four b ridge road in sarasota florida Three four two three nine. Our website is www.churchofthepalms.org, and there you'll find everything you want to know about Church of the Palms, including schedules of events and archived sermons of Dr. Stephen McConnell. Church of the Palms is a Presbyterian church, USA. We call your attention to some events taking place this week. Wednesday morning at 7.30 a.m. in the chapel reception room, men's Bible study. We're studying the Gospel of Luke. Luke was unique among the Gospel writers. He was a Gentile writing for Gentiles, a physician, and a well-educated man with an eye for detail, aiding in establishing the accuracy of Christ's ministry led by Rev. Fred Marsh and Tom Weber. God works through Stephen Ministers to plant a seed of hope and healing in a person whose life seems barren and forlorn because of some crisis or tragedy. Through listening, praying, maintaining strict confidentiality, and sharing Christ's love, You'll walk beside your care receiver to help with healing and wholeness. A Stephen Ministry training class is scheduled to begin January 9th, 2013. If you feel called to this one-on-one caring ministry or simply would like to learn more information, we encourage you to visit our Church of the Palms website, www.churchofthepalms.org, or you can contact Fay Mercer at 371-8091. Tutoring is on Christmas break and will begin again on January 8th. We'd love to have you join us as we help the students. If you have questions and or want to sign up to tutor, please see Judy Armitage under the Fellowship Tree or you can call her at 924-1323. You're invited to the annual Habitat for Humanity volunteer appreciation dinner, which will be held in the Campus Center on Sunday, January 13th at 6 p.m. Our churches contributed treasure and service to build new homes and rehab homes in North Sarasota County. And we'd be thrilled to have a large turnout at this event to meet homeowners and other volunteers. This Italian feast is free if you've been a volunteer and $20 for non-volunteer guests. There'll be a theme as well. Wear a fanciful hat of your choosing. Please RSVP to Vicki Copeland, Volunteer Coordinator at 487-5529. That's 487-5529. You're watching another live telecast of the 9 o'clock worship service from Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida, USA. Church of the Palms is a Presbyterian church, and we invite you to be a part of our services, events, and studies in person someday soon. Next week at 9, we'll return. This is Jimmy Lantz, and on behalf of the pastoral staff and the members of the TV ministry, we wish you a blessed, peaceful, fruitful, healthy New Year. Enjoy this day, this gift, God's good morning.